I have to admit, I felt like a little kid in a candy shop for this podcast. You know, one of the things I've talked about in the past was uh, doing podcasts on the history of uh, Harford County. You may have heard the one that we did about for the um, Heritage Festival at Copley Parish uh, on the history of Joppa. And this one, we decided to go on site to the Lockhouse Museum in Harford County. And thank you to Tyler for inviting us up there. We were able to record the podcast uh, from there. And it's just something neat when you're sitting in a historical place. You know, you're, you're sitting in history itself and talking about it, recording the podcast to me was just awesome. Uh, we will be doing some more. Uh, we are scheduled. Well, I have to schedule to do one at the Opera House in Haverty Grace, which I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, but take a listen. This was, this was actually, um, some, interesting facts that I didn't know about that we learned about, which is another reason I love doing these. And if you haven't made it to the Lockhouse Museum, oh, by all means, please do so. Uh, we've also talked about the Candlelight Tour, which is um, coming up in December. I believe it's December. Um, you know, which is also pretty neat We where people, and it's limited to how many people can go, but you'll be able to walk around have it agrees to the different historical places as well as some homes and enjoy them. And um, let me tell you, when it comes to history, oh man, Haverty Grace is full of it. I mean, the county is, you know, as full of history too, but Haverty Grace, there's just so much there. It's amazing. I don't think I could actually even do enough podcasts and still fit in everything about the history there. You're always learning something new. Uh, so take a listen and uh, enjoy. Three, two, one. Oh no. Which button am I? Uh... When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear... Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. You are listening to the Harford County Living Podcast with Rich Bennett. Thank you for coming, and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorites, RRS feed, or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's join Rich Bennett and his special guest. I said before on um, actually the podcast with the Susquehanna Symphony Orchestra that we were going to be fortunate enough to go to some historical places and actually record there. And this time we are actually at the Lockhouse Museum. That's right. The Sus- officially the Susquehanna Museum of Habity Grace at the Lockhouse. But uh, what Tyler just said, <laughs> affectionately known as the Lockhouse Museum. Okay, so we're actually here here at the. What Tyler just said, the lock. I'm just going to say the lockout. That's sure. how we like it. Um, and if you haven't been here, what's the actual address? It's 817 Canestio Street in Happy okay. Grace, uh, 21078. Okay. Um, it's right off Erie Street, sort of at the bottom of 155. 
So right as you're coming into town, you can't miss us. Okay, you guys are open on the weekends, right? We're uh, open. We added the day this year. So we're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday okay. from 1 to 5. Okay. Now, that being said, you can also call the museum at any time uh, and arrange a tour oh, for really? either a large group or if you're just going to be in town. Just ask for Tyler, and I'll be happy okay. to open the doors for you. I'm here all the time. If you haven't been here, you need to come down. Actually, just take a whole day and just come down. The history here is amazing. The uh, the model of how the canal, or I guess it would be called a lock, right? Mm-hmm. Of yeah. how that works is amazing, and just uh, some of the stuff in here, the artifacts and everything. Now, and upstairs, and you guys change stuff, right? Yeah, well, let me interrupt you one second, because while we're open Thursday through Sunday from 1 to 5, we have outside, our museum is also on the outside, right. the actual lock and the pivot bridge and informational signage, which you are welcome to visit seven days a week from sunup to sunset. That bridge is amazing. It's really cool. I remember bringing my daughter up here when she was younger, probably about 10 or so. Did she push it open? Yes. The guy that was here <laughs> said, oh, go ahead and push it. Oh, I can't push it. Yes, you can. Yeah. That thing's what, 10,000 pounds? It's, yeah, five tons. And we can have you know, two fifth. Kids love it. We, we've had two fifth graders push it open all five. You know, we get it started for them. Obviously. Right. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a hit. Kids love it. And they Good. were talking about the model. Kids love the model. I think adults do too. Yeah, they do. We actually have people who come in here who aren't necessarily fans of either history or canals, but are model fans. Right. That come to see the model. So it's, it's, the I know model the, is a hit. I, th- I know the first time I saw it, I was just it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty awesome because I never, I mean, I knew about the lot, but I never really knew how it actually worked. Well, I guess for your listeners, we should tell them the model is a scale model of how a lock actually works and it physically the gates physically open and the water physically fills the lock and raises a model boat so it's it, it shows you uh, it gives you a great visual of how a lock works yeah it's like a smaller scale of the panama canal i guess you could yeah. say well that's like that. it just our, our lock was built in 1840 uh and used till about 1900 but it's the same physics that operate locks in the uh, Panama Canal or the Sua, any lock, any canal right. you have. It's not, you don't have humans opening the gates anymore. You have computers doing that. But it's the same basic principle of raising boats and lowering boats. Now, when did the lock house actually, when was it built? Uh, well, it was the canal It was, was built, uh, it goes from Havre de Grace, about 45 miles northwest of here, along the Susquehanna to Wrightsville, Pennsylvania. And it took five years to build. It started in 1835. It was hand dug, and we opened for business in 1840. 45 miles? 45 miles. And it only took five years to build? Yep. Yeah. You think about it. Back then, that seems pretty quick. All they have is shovels. Yeah, it's picks and shovels. It's an amazing feat, considering the uh, the geology in this area. Yeah, the rocks. Most people have had to dig through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right where the coastal plain meets the Piedmont, and right. it's, there's a lot of rock and a lot of trees. Yeah, clear. Yeah. You know, the scary thing is, with, with today's technology and everything, it probably still take them five years because they want to get all the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it take five years of labor contracts and Yeah, they exactly. Senate approval and uh, <laughs> permits. Environmental and, studies yeah. and the whole nine yards, yeah. <laughs> so what did they actually haul back and forth for the canal? Oh, uh, the, the most the major commodity was uh, coal from central Pennsylvania. Okay. Coal and timber were the two major uh, the coal miners wanted to get their coal south of the Mason-Dixon line to Baltimore and D.C. and those urban centers. Um, 
because there were factories and trains being built right. that needed the coal. But uh, the Pennsylvania state legislature didn't want that coal to be shipped anywhere outside of Pennsylvania. They didn't want to share it. But the coal miners did because it would mean money for them. So after a long battle between... It, it took a long time for the canal to get built, permission for the canal to get built, because they want they didn't want access to Maryland. Right. Because once you get past Havity Grace, you're in the Chesapeake Bay. And right. in the Chesapeake Bay, you can go anywhere in the world. Um, so... It's true. Yeah. I never even thought yeah. about that. Coal, coal was... The, Coal, to answer your question succinctly, uh, coal is the major commodity shipped, um, and it's anthracite coal in Pennsylvania, so it's that hard coal that's not dirty. We have bituminous in Maryland and West Virginia, which is the dirty, dusty stuff. Right. Uh, anthracite coal is sort of like the, it's, it's the Cadillac of coals. It's really good, hard, clean coal. And when did the canal run to? Uh, we opened in 1840, and we ran until about 1900, but... That being said, we were pretty obsolete by about 1880. Right. Railroads had really taken off. Uh, they became more prolific, I guess, more effective. Um, they could they could faster. They yeah. could run. We had to close in the winter because we froze. Uh, trains could run year round. Um, so, uh, and the the irony is, we were shipping the coal to the very trains that were using that coal to put us out. Put us out. was a terrible business model, but. Um, but we had a good run. We were canals up until about 18, especially on the eastern east coast. Canals were the way business is done um, up until about the 1870, 1870s, 1880s. So, all right. So you had the house here. So was I guess the canal had a keeper, sort of like the lighthouse does. Uh, yeah, that's okay. a good way to put it. This is the there's 29 locks between here and Wrightsville, and each each lock had a uh, had a lock tender, um, but the the lock house for this one um, is especially grand for several reasons. Uh, one, it's the first lock um, on the canal or the last lock. So they wanted to make a good first impression right. or a good last impression. Two, this uh, lock house was also home of the canal offices. So that room over there, which your listeners can't see me pointing to, but... Uh, <laughs> the back was the room facing the canal. Yes, facing that, the was, river. that okay. was the toll taker's office. Um, so he was an uh, employee of the canal uh, who would keep track of the boats coming through. The lock tender and his family got, were also employees, but they lived here as a perk of the job. Um, the toll taker uh, did not. But this is a grand canal house um, compared to the other ones. It's uh, it's out of sight. It's impressive for 1840s. It's, it's impressive for it's very two thousands, but uh, it's it's a nice house. Because, I mean, there's still a lot of original stuff in here. It's mostly original. Other than the floors on the first floor, uh, we had to replace those because of uh, Hurricane, I think it was Andrew in right. 1972, flooded the place. Uh, but besides... Oh, Agnes. 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 Sorry about that. Agnes, yeah. yes. Um, but besides that, everything is original. Walls, floors upstairs are original. Doors... Windows are not, I must admit. Yeah, those replaced. They've just been refurbished. Yes. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, the frames are still original, but uh, everything else is original. Well, the other thing what I like about here is because you have a lot of artifacts in here that actually aren't part of the lockhouse itself, per se, right? No, but they are they're indicative of the time period. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, now that's what uh, you have Suffolk Cannery. Yep, yeah. Which uh, it was really, I'll correct me if I'm wrong, but cannery was very big in Hartford County, wasn't it? It was, the industry uh, county wide, especially in the southern part of the county, on down through uh, the Gunpowder Neck area of Magnolia. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Kenning was very big. Well, one of the things they shipped going from Pennsylvania to Maryland was coal and the opposite direction were the canned goods. Manufactured goods like canned food, right. uh, that was shipped back north. Well, what about, because was it Port de Paz? Not Port de Paz. Somewhere up the river was big on granite, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny you say that because the stones that the locker made out of are made right. from Port deposit granite. Really? Yeah, and the original stone, big 800 pound huge stones each each uh, lock the lock is made of individual 800 pound stones of port deposit and I guess they brought them down on well, they weren't called boats what were they or bar- they were barges, barges. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I guess they brought them down on that yeah yeah it was some heavy duty barges for they that. had heavy duty barges man they had, they had barges big enough to ship locomotives across because before the train bridge that's another interesting thing about the lock house. It's not just, it's our locations. You can see the train bridges. Right. And I, you can see the evolution of transportation because it started with the river. From our front porch, way, yeah. from our front yeah. porch, you can see the river, which is the original transportation. Right. And that wasn't good enough, so they built the canal, which you can see. That wasn't good enough, so they built the railroads, which you can see the railroad bridge. And that wasn't good enough, so they built the rural routes, which you can see Route right. 40 bridge. Right. And then they needed to improve on that, so they built the interstates, the I-95 bridge. And usually, since we're so close to APG, you can see a plane flying over. I was going to say, the only thing you don't have is the airport. But one of the marinas actually has yeah, a it's seaplane. Sea yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can see them coming in once in a while. Exactly. Now, talking about the trains, and I, this is... One of the stories that amazed me when I came here before, because you had, I don't know if you stopped there, they had a display of the trains and mm-hmm. when the river would freeze before the bridges. Yeah, so it's still up. That display is still up there. Well, how do they get the trains across? Well, actually, <laughs> you say that. So they, the trains would come up to the riverbank and have to be raced up right. to the Susquehanna, and the train would stop. And then they would, if it, the river was frozen, they would lay tracks across for the train to continue on and then connect. Uh, but obviously most of the time the river wasn't frozen. So they had a barge that would carry across individual train cars across the river, be put on the tracks, and then reassembled on the other side of the river. So one train car at a time was brought across the river by barge. I was going to say, that had to take forever. It yeah, was that, two, three, depending on how long the train was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, but that was good for the city, especially if you had passengers on the train. Yeah, yeah. that right. so you had you had your, your innkeepers and your bartenders and your restaurants. And, Go to the racetrack while we get the train across. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so then I guess get the train across. Then they would have to take passengers across. Yeah. So that's the, the good ferry business. Good for the innkeepers. Good for the restaurants. Bar, bar. Wow. Taverns, I guess they were called that. Now, how many do you know? How many different? I guess while while the the lock was open, how many different families actually lived here? There were three. There were three different lock tenders. The one the one I refer to. If you look above you, those two pictures. There's a guy named Carvel Maslin. There's still Maslin's floating around Happy Grace. He looks like an old Walt Whitman kind of guy, doesn't he? Yeah. But uh, he was the lock tender from 1865 until we closed. So he had the longest tenure. Um. There were other lock tenders that, that weren't here up until 1865, maybe one or two of them. Um, but Carvel Maslin had the longest tenure, so of about okay. 35 years. Wow. So whenever field, whenever groups come here, I always point out Carvel. And then when I refer to the lock tender, I, I always say, and Carvel would walk out and, and open the gates. So Carvel Maslin is the lock tender as far as I'm concerned. 
God, that beard, I bet he used to play Santa Claus sometimes. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprised it didn't get caught in the levers. <laughs> wow. Now, um, you guys have a, do a lot of events here, too, as well, right? We do. We, we do a lot of uh, community awareness events, fundraising events, um, just events for fun. Uh, we have one coming up in December. It's um, a hugely popular event called the Candlelight Tour. Uh, and this will be our 46th Candlelight Tour. Okay. And it's a walking tour of Happy Grace. Um, and the can- there's candlelights on the, you know, lining the sidewalks. Um, and individuals open their homes and, and some attractions to, to visitors. So we have about 500 people usually. Uh, we have limited tickets because we don't want... We really could sell thousands of tickets, right. but we don't want thousands of people through these guys' houses. So um, they're either architecturally significant, historically significant, interesting uh, for some reason, um, have a good story to tell. So they right. open their homes, and visitors walk get to walk through the homes, um, and usually they're decorated, and the owners are there to tell the stories of the house. Uh, it's it's incredibly popular as as this be the 46th year will attest to. Um, and that's on the second Saturday in December. The date eludes me now. I think it's the 13th. It's only one day that they do it? Yes, yeah, from 4 to 8. Um, tickets will be available shortly. Uh, we're still working. We have all the houses. We're just finalizing on getting the descriptions together for right. the uh, brochure. And along with the Candlelight uh, Boutique is our holiday bazaar. Holiday, I'm sorry. Along with the Candlelight Tour is our holiday boutique which is here in the Lockhouse, uh, and that's on Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th, and that's also incredibly popular. In um, the Lockhouse? In the Lockhouse, so we removed uh, most of the artifacts and we line the place with handmade gifts. Uh, we have a, a troupe called the Lockhouse Ladies. Who really? Made, yeah, yeah. And so local artisans and craftsmen, and, and um, they, they bring their wares in, you know, whether it be knitted potholders or glass glass blowers or you know uh greenery makers or you know i never knew about that oh it's, that's it's, definitely something i need to come yeah through. oh people get come here and do their christmas shopping yeah. uh, and all the proceeds uh help benefit the, all the proceeds go to uh the lockhouse museum um which helps us preserve the museum uh it also helps us uh keep the doors open and free to the public right. yeah we do not charge an admission well, and even the candlelight tour, I would love to do that. You, was it, I guess, mainly through historic part, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it starts here. We're, we're usually the first or the last stop. Okay. Um, and then it's a walking tour through Havity Grace. Some, some years we've gone up into Bully Rock, which is a modern, uh, but they have some neat stories there to tell as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's through historic Havity Grace, and the homes and attractions are historic. That. There is so much history here. Yeah, it's really, um, really, and each house has a story to tell. Um, and it, you know, for most people, it's difficult to hit all the stops because yeah. they, they take so much time. Each one is so interesting. It's it's difficult to, to pry yourself away from some of them. Now I was going to say, now for some, do you give people a map or is it a tour guide? It's a map. Okay, yeah, good. That's, self, yeah, yeah, I think that makes it better. Yeah, it's self guided. <laughs> Uh, you start when you want, finish when you want. Uh, spend as much time in, in either house as you as as you like, but um, it's 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 a hit. Uh, the city loves it, businesses love it. We have a lot of people that come from out of town that have heard about it throughout the years. We have a lot of repeat visitors too, right. obviously, because the homes 
don't repeat. I mean, we've had repeat homes over 46 years, but um, each new each year it's a different set of uh, attractions. So it's not the same 15 houses every year. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah. you guys. Yep. Now, all right, so you got that's in December. Mm -hmm. And you had something with pirates or something, right? Well, that, that's in June. So prior to that, we open up in April and uh, help celebrate its opening. We had Last year, we had a craft beer and wine festival on the grounds in April. And that was a huge hit. We had about 2,000 people come. I take it using local breweries? Yep, all Harford County. Okay. All, all, the, the craft beer and wine festival was all Harford County breweries and wineries. Um, and it was it was a huge hit um, the first year it, we were overwhelmed um, in a good way right and so we're doing that again in April um, that will be I believe the second Saturday in April the craft beer and wine festival um, museum opens the first weekend in April and then we'll have the craft beer and wine festival the second weekend in April and then in June we have the pirate fest uh, which has morphed into a wonderful family event. Uh, that'll be the second Saturday in June, usually. We haven't hammered down a date on that, but stay tuned for details on the Pirate Fest. Where, I was going to say, were there pirates up here back there, in the day? Sure. Well, yes. There were. They were probably everywhere, right? In fact, the reason we have Pirate Fest is because the first documented act of piracy was committed right outside Right outside these doors. Of the lockhouse? Of the lockhouse, yep. I don't know the exact story, wow. I must admit. Um, our pirate guru, Julie Rumpy, uh, she's on our board and uh, just a wonderfully active board member. Um, she uh, she knows all the history and she, she really has t taken Pirate Fest and, and really made it, made it her own and turned it into a family-friendly event, uh, which has proven to be incredibly popular. Uh, it's... We have actual pirates on site doing right. pirate demonstrations. Julie brought in mermaids last year with a big mermaid tank. They were live mermaids. Um, in the tank. In the tank. These women <laughs> are incredible. And I hope if the kids are listening, hold your, you know, put, put your earmuffs on. They're not real mermaids, <laughs> but they can, they can hold their breath for like three minutes at a time and smile and wave to the kids. And then they have oysters with real pearls in them that they open and give to the kids. It's it's absolutely amazing. Now, are they able to get any ships up here for that? We've tried to do that. It's difficult because of the, the bridge. Yeah. If you have a big pirate ship, you have to open that bridge. But um, it's it's tough to get pirates, actual real pirate ships. I was going to say, because I don't... Are there even any around anywhere? Well, there, there are, but like I said, it's tough to get them in for bridges or the water's too shallow or yeah. you know, other reasons, but yeah, there's yeah, plenty of them around. Yeah, there are. And, you know, yeah. Baltimore and Annapolis, that's a little different because to get a, uh, well, a huge sailing ship up all the way up in Chesapeake to Pavity Grace is, is quite a feat. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Now, the um, so you had the Pirate Fest, the Craft the Wine. The candlelight tour, anything else? Um, let's see, we have uh, field trips galore. Um, As I say, do you get a lot of local schools bring we do. Your field trips up here? We, we get a ton of local schools. That's good. Yep. And we get a ton of uh, tourism groups, um, I'd be at bus tours um, throughout the air from all the way from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, uh, groups of senior citizens come down, uh, groups of just interested historians come. We, we get field trips. I'd say 10, 15 a year. 
And, and they have to be scheduled ahead of time, right? They do. And a large group should be scheduled ahead of time, but they're not limited to the Thursday through Sunday. They, they can schedule at any time throughout the year. Is there a minimum or maximum size group? Um, we're a small museum, so I'd say the max probably 50 because we'll split you guys in two. Wow. Okay. Uh, half, do half take half inside, half yeah. inside. Exactly. And it, it, we have it down to a science. Uh, it's it's a well-oiled machine, We how we split the groups up and the, the tour we give. Um, it's very, uh, very effective and informative, and we have received glowing reviews. Dad. Demonstrate, demonstrate any of the artifacts that are here? We did most, most of the artifacts, especially, like for instance here, we're, we're sitting in the kitchen. Right. Um, so most of it are hands-on. So for the kids, like we have uh, pictures of modern-day appliances, and then they have to go throughout the room and find the 1800 equivalent. So this, here's... A so a toaster, and you got to figure out... Yeah, they figure out who. which one's the toaster. So this is this is the old toaster. Which is basically oh wow a, okay yeah you put your toast in there, um, so let's say here here's a picture of the modern day sink. Then the kids would have to run around and find out what's the old sink. Um, so most most I know the icebox. Yep, the icebox. <laughs> Everybody uh, says they have a grandmother who had an icebox. Um, so a lot of the stuff is is tactile. We ask that you don't touch the model. That's the only thing. That's very, right. very delicate. Now, any, any like games from that era that you have that, that um, kids can see? Well, check. Yeah, we do. We have. We're, I know you got the old bicycle, but yeah, no, the old no touching that. Yeah, don't touch that. Um, we have checkers. We have a room in the uh, next to us that we're trying to turn into sort of like what a kids' life was in the eighteen hundreds. School wise, yeah. Um, toy the toys that they had to play with. Um, but to be honest, the the life of a child uh, of the lock tender was not all fun and games. I mean, they were put to work from the age of probably yeah. seven or eight until they didn't have a cell phone to look down at either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they were out there pushing a ten ton bridge or a five ton bridge, you know, twenty right. times a day. And the kid, the, the girl was the girls were cooking, and they were out in the fields. Behind us was a huge farm. Um, they were manning the fires, going all day, cleaning, getting the pots. And, I mean, there was a lot of work to be done. And the kids didn't go to school. When they did go to school, it was for two months in, in the winter when the lockhouse was closed. That was it? That was it. Yeah, That's, yeah they, they stopped at around age 13 or 14 or so. And, yeah. yeah, they were they were literate, but they weren't, you know, yeah. they weren't Shakespeare's to be. Uh, <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a hard life for them, but they I guess they didn't know any better right no, I, mean, I think I would have lasted a week and a half maybe <laughs> but uh, yeah they, they were they were uh, hardy folks and uh, they got the job done now and upstairs you guys have different displays that go on what yeah like change it every once in a while we change them we like to change them yearly uh, we're also a history of Habit Grace Museum part of our mission is to uh, the mission is to preserve the can the canal era but also uh, preserve Haverty Grace history. Right. So we have some rotating exhibits that do just that. For example, uh, Haverty Grace is a big horse racing town. Yes, the Grawl. The Grawl, exactly. <laughs> so uh, the, the track is still there. It's not open. Uh, it is? Yeah, it's National Guard Armory. It's down. It's off of... But the actual track is still there? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, in the 20s and 30s, uh, we had the Grog. Happy Grapes was known as Little Chicago. It was a it was a gangster Capone, town. Yeah, yeah Lansky, The politicians would come up from D.C. and the gangsters down from New York, and they would meet here in Happy Grapes, and they they duck hunt in the morning, and then they go to the racetrack, and then they go to the Bayou condominiums, which which was a hotel and nightclub back then, and, and you know. Duke Ellington would play. Glenn Miller's band would play. I mean, this was this is the place to be. Um, and there were cat houses galore and speakeasies galore. Uh, it was called Little Chicago for a reason. Uh, but anyway, we have uh, we have an exhibit on on Habity Grace uh, in the horse racing era, and um, so that's that's just one example of right. the Habity Grace history exhibit. I know you had one too of the schools. Right? I think we uh, had last yeah. year. Yeah, we had a, a history of uh, segregation, segregation de- the right. desegregation of uh, Hartford County Schools, uh, which was a struggle. But uh, eventually, it was it was uh, we we had we had a uh, exhibit memorializing that. But, all right, I got to ask you this because you know one of the things that we've been because we're in the Southern Park camp, John, yeah. and yeah. Lyle's been trying to find like old photos. How hard. Was it the final photos for you? I guess most of the stuff you already had. Yeah, most of the stuff was here before my tenure began. I've, I've been here for about three, going on three years. Um, and the, the place is already sort of a well-oiled machine before I right. got here. So uh, we had a, a host of people when the museum first opened and that still contribute. Uh, Joe Kokender for, for one, uh, Bob McGee, Charlie Vasilakis. Um, these are all guys who, from the beginning, have helped um, bring in the artifacts, right. um, and and they they've really done a, a great job, as uh, as you can tell from the a the popularity of the museum, the, how long we've been open since about 1980. So uh, it's it's wow. been, yeah. This is awesome that they uh, that you can find these many artifacts, yeah. and the shape that they're in is amazing. Yeah, but they take we take good care of and them. the photos. Um, was this this house in pocket hands after the canal pretty much shut down, or was it that, owned by the city? No, it was. What happened was uh, Philadelphia Electric Company purchased it. Um, canal owned it till about 1900 or so, and then they were going to build the the lock, the Conowingo Dam. Um, and Philadelphia Electric Company bought all the land around here, and they bought this house, uh, and it sat fallow for a bit, and then they rented it out. As, believe it or not, apartments. People lived in here. Really? Yeah. It's a symmetrical house, so you can have two apartments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so that oh. that last, and we have we have people that come in here and say, "Oh, my my mom lived here, or my grandmother lived here, or my my mom was raised here." And people have come in here that have a history of actually living here, and then it sort of fell into disrepair. And then in the seventies, they decided to. Philadelphia Electric Company deeded it to the city as a gift, gifted it to the city. That was probably um, after Agnes, right? Yeah. And and the lock was in disrepair, you know, uh, stones falling and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, but uh, so they decided in the seventies to build, re, not rebuild it, but to refurbish it to uh, get it up and running uh, and turn it into a museum. So that's what they did. And by about nineteen eighty, we were open for business. Wow. And I think you have a display upstairs of the renovations. We have rebuilding the, we, we the, did. The uh, we actually took that down, which we'll, but we'll put it back up. Yeah, it's uh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a we have a photo album. Back then they didn't have digital 
stuff, but you can see them, you know, take it. I, there were probably three feet of silt on the bottom of the, the lock itself. Uh, wow. which is, it has a wood bottom, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was all in disrepair and they had to get rid of that. And we do have some artifacts in the other room that were, that were found in the, uh, in the lock itself. Um, so it was. It took a long time for them to, to get the uh, museum back in, to get the lock house back into uh, into a tip top shape. But boy, boy, they really hit it out of the park. Wow! Yeah, definitely did. When you mentioned the dam, when they when they were building the dam, now they had a rail line that ran up to the dam that would take take the men and supplies and everything. Was that was the staging ground here, or was it part of the? No, the staging ground was further back in town. In town. Now, it's yeah. interesting you say that because it's. <laughs> The track is right up there. It's it's um, you know about 500 feet from here, and part of going towards the dam. Going towards the dam. Okay. Uh, the tracks are still there, and they, there's a guy named Joe K who decided to build a trail using those tracks, and that's the Joe K Trail. Right. So now it's cru- it's like crushed gravel between the two tracks, and it's a real easy walking trail. And on either side, you have you know frog ponds and. and now, on one side is the coastal plain. On the other side of the track is you can see the Piedmont, the rocks coming up from the right. Piedmont. It's a it's called the Joe K Trail. Uh, we have a lot of visitors that come to hike the Joe K Trail. Yeah, one thing I don't think a lot of people realize is like when they're walking trails like that, they're walking through history. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it's it just if you could just imagine yourself back then. Yeah. Walking that. They're walking on history. Yeah, yeah. That, those railroad tracks were used to build the Panamango Dam in the uh, in the early 1900s. Wow. Yeah. The um, got it clearly went in my mind. Went, oh, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Do you guys look for volunteers for we, anything to help with stuff? Um, I mean, how can people become involved? <laughs> uh, they they could call me at the museum at. Uh, 410-939-5780. Uh, they can like us on Facebook. Uh, at the Lockhouse Museum, um, and we're rebuilding our website right as we speak, but it will be up and running shortly, and it is um, thelockhousemuseum.org. So the domain name's not changed, just the website. Yeah, just, yeah, just the website. Um, I'm not very tech-savvy, and I've been using a <laughs> sort of, I don't, I don't, some, I don't know, and somebody's <laughs> going to help me, somebody's going to teach me how to do it. <laughs> That's why I chose to work in a uh, 19th century building, because I'm not a big fan of tech. Um, Can't we just print out stuff in the unit? Yeah, but anyway, we always have a need for volunteers, especially for events, um, and we have docents, um, and uh, our docent pool is, is, is getting thinner and thinner as the years go on. Uh, what's it called? A docent, basically a tour guide. Oh, okay. Yeah. So usually we uh, we have two tour guides at each, at any time. So one for inside uh, and one for either outside or upstairs. Okay. Uh, one runs pretty much one pretty much runs the model uh, and describes how the lock actually works, and the other one is around for for questions and for mm-hmm. telling tall tales and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Speaking of tall tales, um, <laughs> <laughs> there was, and, and I've heard this. Uh, but I've never seen anything to, to uh, substantiate it, but um, there was a rumor that the original basement of this building was used as a, a jail at one time, um, and it's since been filled in, I think. It's just a crawl space. But, yeah, and that is a good one. 
And I'm, I'm going to a corporate. I haven't heard that, but that's a good one to tell the kids when they come for a field trip that there's a jail under here if you misbehave. But you got uh, the bars I, on the windows. Yeah, I, yeah. So I had never heard that. But that's, yeah. I'll, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I've, uh, I've heard that many times over the years. But, Have you? Huh. Yeah, uh, nothing to substantiate it. Yeah. Might be some tall tale from a previous tour guide or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know how much further underground, being this close to the river, I don't know how. You need to put the guys yeah. from Chicago somewhere where that's they did true. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the mobsters who came. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, being close to the river, you probably get water three feet down. Yeah, but, uh, table, but who knows? Man. It could be a really wet, miserable jail. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I like it. Agnes <laughs> is still down there. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, speaking of stuff like that, and, and, and tall tales, any tales of, I don't know, hauntings or anything? We, I, I must admit, I have not seen one. Um, I have heard, heard tales okay. of, of hauntedness. Um, I've heard tales of apparitions in the windows. Um, I've heard, uh, we, and we, I've had a ghost hunter um, come in and she has requested to spend the night. Um, I'm still debating. If I want to find out whether or not there's ghosts, see, I prefer there not to be ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not going to bother you. Since I'm, yeah, if there are ghosts, they've left me alone for three years. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we have heard tales of hauntings, um, and we've had interest. Ghost hunters have expressed an interest in coming in. Oh, I bet they have. So anywhere um, in, in Havre Grace, I would think. Havre Grace has a ghost tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this guy, George Wagner of Bahakis uh, Antiques. He, oh, I love that place. I, oh, he is. If you walk around here, half the stuff in here is donated from George. Wait, uh, how'd you pronounce it? Bahakis? Bahakis. So I've been pronouncing it wrong all know. this time. Maybe I'm. Oh, he said Bahukas Antiques. It mall. might be Bahukas. I, I, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. So. Whatever the antique mall, George's place. Yeah, George's place <laughs> on Union Avenue. Antique Mall and Beer Museum. It's it's a wonderful, great, great store, and he is he is incredibly active in the uh, lock house. Right. He's active oh, really? all over okay. town. Yeah. yeah, but he he'll he's very. Uh, I gotta get him more passionate. Too. I guess is the word. Oh, he would talk your ear off. If you get George on this podcast, you better increase your RAM. Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy loves to talk. Yeah, that's, fine. that's fine. I think the longest one we did was two hours, and that was just on weather. Oh yeah, I, I'm yeah. serious. We did, we had one. There used to be a local website called the Harford County Weather Watch. Uh-huh. It was ran by a teacher, and at the time, a kid that was, I think he was in ninth grade, and they came on and thought that it was two hours. And, <laughs> and believe it or not, one of the most listened to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. everybody loves weather. Going on. <laughs> yeah, it looks like wow, we've been doing this for two hours. <laughs> the weather? Uh-huh. Yeah, but luckily the, uh, the kid was from Arkansas, somewhere in Tornado Alley. Right. So, yeah. and I've always been fascinated by tornadoes. So, yeah, you know, I hear it's like it's. I've been like it too much, but yeah, <laughs> I've seen a tornado. I was caught in a tornado. Really? Yeah, in Virginia. Yeah, and it it was terrifying. Oh, I think the first one I saw was, well, technically a water spout when I was in Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. And it was just pearl white. And I just remember how beautiful it was. Right. Well, the destruction is not beautiful. Yeah. But the sea is just... It, this is oh. scary. We were in a Walmart, believe it or not, and they were screaming at us to get... We were all in a big pile, a big human pile on top of each other. Mm-hmm. In the middle of this Walmart, and the thing went right over the corner of the roof, ripped the roof off, just... Cars everywhere in the parking lot, wow. trees through cars. I mean, it was it was something else. 
But anyway, so I could talk, I could talk two hours about that. <laughs> but that has um, nothing to do with the lockouts. <laughs> I, I did have one question. Now, I know up and down the river there, there are several uh, locks in various states of mm-hmm. uh, preservation in the case. Yeah. Are there any other lock houses? I've never really noticed and I haven't really looked, but lock houses between here and Wrightsville? Um, well, there's not many because uh, there might be little shacks left. Ours is by far the best and most preserved. And we're the only uh, original lock with water still in it. Uh, when they built the dam, they flooded oh, wow. They flooded a lot from right. between north of Conowingo. So a lot of what we had is underwater, right. including yeah. the houses. Um, there are two or three locks that are preserved but don't have water in them. We're the only lock with, with water in it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Lock 12 right at the, the uh, on Route uh, 372 yeah. over the Pennsylvania line. Mm-hmm. And it has a lime kiln there as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Susquehanna Tidewater Canal is the name of the canal. And the Tidewater section is, is the Maryland section. And it's called Tidewater because that's another word for sea level. And once you hit once you're through our lock, you're at sea level, and that's the goal. Because then you're, once you're through our lock, you're in the Chesapeake Bay at sea level or tidewater. You can go anywhere in the world. So the tidewater portion of the canal is from Maryland, is the Maryland section, and the Susquehanna portion of the Susquehanna Tidewater Canal is the Pennsylvania section. Yeah, going back to the way the, way the uh, lock worked, um, I guess it was quicker for the barges to come down than going up, right? Um, it, it was still water. It wasn't flowing. So, uh, there was no current, so you could go. You know, it's same speed either way. Right. It's just mule. You know, mules don't pull better one way than the other. They uh, they go two miles an hour no matter where they're going. I was gonna say, how long <laughs> do you get from like one lock to the next lock? Uh, well, it depends on the the change so in elevation. Um, the the more rapid the elevation increase or decrease, the closer the locks were together. Um, okay. So there's 29 locks in the 45 miles between here and Wrightsville that compensate for about a 250, 300 foot elevation difference. Um, and the trip took about two, three days or so. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And how long? Is, that's 45, a 45 mile stretch, right? Yeah. You yeah, it took about three days with being, and they were mule powered, two mules, not even horsepower. They were mule powered. And the mules were specific to each boat. I mean, you couldn't just grab the first two mules you see. Because mules are stubborn. And they right. won't, you can't just ask any mule. You have to get to know the mule. So the canal boats were large. They were 70 feet long. Weighed about 50 tons empty. and usually had about 100 tons of cargo in there. 150 tons. Wow. Um, but the canal boat driver and his family actually lived in the canal boat. In a little hut. And probably no bigger than this kitchen that we're sitting in. Really? Yeah, so they had they had it really rough. Um, and then the youngest, usually the, if they had a son, maybe eight years old or so, that they would be the mule driver, walking behind the mule, behind the mules, driving the mules. Can you imagine that view for 45, 45 miles? 45 miles. <laughs> yeah. Is there any record, of, do we know if there are any of those barges left? That, I don't know. I'm, there That'd are interesting that, Not here, in the right. C&O Canal down near Potomac. They have examples. You can actually ride on a barge being pulled by a mule. Um, They they do a really good job of doing an accurate uh, canal experience. Okay. We do a... In uh, Georgetown. Yeah. 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 We do do a great history uh, description of the history. They do an actual... Demonstration. demonstration of it. Okay. Yeah, and they do a good a good job. So I highly highly recommend that. 
there's a there's an old movie favorite of mine that kind of gives you a little bit of a, 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 a view of life on a canal boat. It's actually made on the Erie Canal, but um, it was made in 1936. Henry Fonda. It's called Farmer Takes a Wife. Farmer takes huh? And uh, he's actually a farmer, and he yeah. comes into into town and is convinced to uh, work on and eventually run a canal boat. Is that right? And then there's a romance story involved with it as well. But it, it gives you kind of a sense, and it's, interesting. Uh, as I said, that back in the 1930s, but and you can imagine things were rather primitive yeah. in, in the movie then. So um, it's pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. But it's a great movie if you want just a sense of, of uh, life on a canal boat. Yeah. And, and you describe the room, and, it, and they are that small. I mean, you've got... Your kitchen and your bunks right next to your stove and, yeah. and your wash bin right next to that. So and it's called and Farmer you, Takes a Wife. The Farmer Takes a Wife. Uh, I think it's 1936 I'm, or 1934. I'm going to do that. As soon as this is finished, I'm going up to my office. Is it available online or DVD, do you know? It's hard to find. I found it. Um, where did I find it? Because I had to burn a copy of it. Uh, some service a couple of okay. years ago. But... Um, do you yeah. still have a copy? I do, and if you can't find it, I'll, I'll get you a copy. I'm going to take one for you. Yeah. That's neat. I, 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 I'd like to see that. Yeah. It's a very, very good movie. Very interesting. Because uh, you see farm life all the time, but not living on a canal. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of a, a canal movie. I'm interested yeah. to see it. There might be a couple of others, but that's the only one I've seen mm-hmm. and, and uh, gives, you, gives you a good idea. The other question you were talking about, and... Uh, you can see a lot of uh, this on the CNO because um, there's more of the original canal track yeah. there than there is here. Uh, you mentioned the, the 50, uh, 50 to 80 ton boats mm-hmm. and 150 loaded. How deep was the average canal? Uh, our, the locks themselves to allow for the water to come in and out were about 20 feet deep. About 20 feet. Yeah, the canal itself for time is 30 feet, 35 feet wide. To, comp- to allow two boats to pass each other, right. one going upstream, one going downstream. Um, and it was packed with hard clay, and it was about six to eight feet deep, because these things drew about five feet. Yeah, so they were very near. They were very, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they cut it close. Yeah. And the locks, which only can hold one boat at a time, uh, were purposely made narrow, so that the, you know, the edges were, you know, there, there were inches. Yeah. From, from the edge of the boat to the edge of the lock. And that would allow the water to fill up quicker. The, right. the, the smaller the space, the quicker the water could fill up and raise or drain and lower the lock, the, uh, the, the canal boat. So and they I were noticed, purposely skinny. I don't know if this was, was uh, uh, perhaps different different contractors used in building at the time, but there's one lock up in Pennsylvania that's a little bit south of the lock 12, which is the one that was restored. But along the sidewalls are uh, cavities, and they used to have leather-covered, I believe it was leather-covered, uh, what you might think of as a two-by-four, and there were bumpers. They were about maybe three to four feet apart. There were bumpers on the side of the canal lock. Huh. But I noticed this one doesn't have it. No, we don't have the bumpers, but that probably would have come in handy, as yeah. I'm sure. Lots but, of boats bumped into the side. Right. But yeah. uh, no, we didn't have bumpers. Uh, but... Uh, every once in a while, a stone will fall in. Uh, we have a lot of ground. The big stones? Yeah, we, we had one, one fall in, two fall in last summer. And I was freaking out because I didn't know what to do. So we right. had to hire a crane 
and a couple scuba divers. Yeah, I guess you ain't figured that thing off. <laughs> no. Uh, but, and I thought, oh, this is going to ruin our bucolic view and, you know, our historic accuracy. Right. And, but it was a nice juxtaposition to show visitors, look, here's stones fell in in the 19th century. And here we are in the 21st, and I have to hire two scuba divers and a backhoe to leave these stones right. up. Yeah. Uh, but you can imagine in the 19th century when a stone fell in, it had wow. to be replaced. So they had to dive down there, tie it up, tie a rope to a mule, put it over a pulley, and have the mule you know pull up this 800-pound rod. Mules. Yeah, yeah. So it, it wound up being an interesting kind of uh, juxtaposition between... Wow. You know, that same right. same problems exist today, but we just have different ways of right. dealing with them. And the mules probably still got it done quicker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that, wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Oh, uh, we can't do it today. Union yeah. won't allow <laughs> us to. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, again, your hours of operation. Um, Thursday through Sunday from one to five. Starting in April. Starting up, uh, yep, April through October. Um, but year round, give me a call at the museum at 410 939 5780 or shoot me an email at lockhousemuseum at gmail.com uh, and I'd be happy to arrange a tour anytime. And the Lockhouse tour, or the Lockhouse tour, the Candlelight tour is December 13th from 4 to 8. Uh, stay tuned for, check out our Facebook page uh, for more details coming up. Okay, so uh, you'll have the event on Facebook. Yeah, we'll have the event on Facebook, Eventbrite. Uh, yeah, we'll, right. we, we publicize it pretty well, and it sells out every year. So Probably sells out quick, too. It does. So get your tickets uh, early and often. I was going to say, do you know like around roughly what the price of the tickets will be? Uh, 20 to $25. That's pretty No, I think last year was 20 bucks Per person. Um, per person, okay. yeah. Yeah. There I've seen similar tours um for fifty to seventy five dollars. Yeah. This is it's a it's a wonderful tour. Um it's a great fundraiser for us. The the homeowners have fun with it. Last year, for example, we had a decoy carver opened up his decoy shop. Uh and he had you know oh, that's good. He had dumb bites and little pieces of deer meat for the, his visitors and shots of, you know, whatever he was giving shots of and so the each each house has a distinctive flavor to right. it. Um, so you can you can see how it would be sometimes difficult to hit all fifteen houses, but um, or and the good thing is too from what you say four to eight. Yep, four to eight. So you got a lot of good restaurants down here, so there's you know chance to get something to eat as yep. well. Yep, come down early. Yeah, but that's or, one thing about Happy Grace that that I love is uh, the synergy between. A, between the museums, we have five museums uh, in town, um, and we all work together very well. We do events together, and, and we help each other out. We send right. each other visitors, and the the support of the business community uh, to the museums, and vice versa. We send our visitors to them, and we have events that uh, that benefit. You guys support each other, yes, which is it's, key. It's a very symbiotic and friendly relationship um, that it's... Uh, I haven't found in other towns. Right. It's, it's it, and all the business owners know know us, and we know them, and they sponsor our events, and, and we send them visitors, and it, it, it it's it's worked out really well, and, and it's worked for it's a formula that's worked for a long time. Yeah. So you survived. Yeah. 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 It really is. Well, I want to thank you for allowing us to come here to record. Now, now you said you had the ladies that come here. The right? lock, the lock 
Lighthouse the Ladies. Lighthouse yes, they did the can- they did the holiday boutique. Oh, you got to talk to them because I'd love to get that one too. Uh-huh. You might have to do that separate from George though, because yeah, yeah George could be an all day event. Yeah, George, uh-huh. yeah, take a weekend. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, God, if I could get them one, that'd be uh, awesome. That's not or, a bad or, or even the whole group of you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just a just love history. Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the things a lot of people in the county miss out on. They don't. Yeah. No, yeah, the history and the places to see. Yeah, that's it's sort of like the irony is, uh, you know, you're using modern devices to promote your history. You know, you're, yeah. you're promoting history on your website. It just seems it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it seems illogical, but uh, it, it Abraham works. Lincoln once said that the internet is going to be exactly. Well, yeah, the thing is, we because um, there's another gentleman that that does podcasts with us at times. Mm-hmm. And which Lyle and I didn't realize that he's a no, you know, he likes history, but he didn't even know about the lockhouse. Yeah, it's you uh, know, thing. Yeah. yeah, well, we're one. The only problem with the lockhouse, and it's not a problem, uh, is that we're in the north end of town. Right. Most of the action in Happy Grace is down at the other end because there's three museums and the yeah. promenade and the Tigers Park and the marina, um, and we're we're off the beaten track. Uh, so and you can't see us from the road. You have to turn into our driveway, Mosquito yeah. Street. Um, so we, we get a lot of word of mouth. Um, we, we don't get as many uh, passers-by. As we, we don't capture the the spur of the moment visitor as much as we would like because you can't really see us. So people have to know that we're here. Was there ever ever any any? I'm sure there was. It might sound like a dumb question, but thought given to uh, some signage right up on Route 40 that, that points specifically here uh, up to and including like a Maryland Historic Trust sign. Yeah, there, uh, that, that, that there has been. And we were trying to work with um, Diane Clare is her name with the city. She's trying to be sort of a liaison. So we have to work with the Historic Trust. Right. And you can't just put any sign on the side of a highway. You have right. to have... Uh, so she's, we, we are working on getting better signage. We have pretty good signage coming down 155. Um, yeah. I, I wish yeah. we had bigger signs, um, but they do, they're nice looking. They're just kind of small. Um, but yeah, signage would be very helpful to capture the, just especially the, the day tripper. Yeah, to capture yeah. the day tripper who just comes without really a plan, just right. comes to have the grace for the day. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, not to toot our own horn, but at, most of our visitors have a wonderful experience, and you, you know, if you read our Facebook reviews or our Yelp reviews or TripAdvisor, um, there everybody who comes here has a, a wonderful experience. Our, our tour guides and docents are knowledgeable and friendly, and it's just an interesting kind of neat place. Sure. The one thing the city, at least I don't think the Harry Grace has it. They don't have anything like. Um, or buses or carriages or anything to take people around to the different places. Now, the, uh, the mayor is working on that. He has a plan to uh, to have a shuttle from the south end all the way to come up to our right. circular driveway uh, to take people to different spots. So it'd be more of a shuttle yeah, service. Sort of like what doesn't Baltimore City have like the old trolley cars or whatever? I mean, it's on wheels now. Yeah, but they still, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's. Uh, that's in progress. And That's good. Speak, okay. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I don't think I am. But, uh, yeah. So. I think that would definitely help out a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. There are a lot of people who don't know that you're here. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't even know. And one of my favorite places to go to, thank, thanks to all, 
the, the decoy museum. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. people don't even know about that. I yeah. love that place. Yeah, that's the decoy museum. They're they're good friends of ours, and uh, and the maritime museum. A lot of people don't know about that. Yeah, that's it. And a lot of people know. Most people associate the city with the lighthouse because that's sort of an iconic symbol right. of Howard right. Grace. Well, and the funny thing is. You got the lighthouse there, but how many people know that the lighthouse keeper's house is right across right the street? Across the street. Yeah. yeah, it took. I didn't know that until a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, <laughs> but those are some of the museums. And then up the hill, you have Stepping Stone oh, Farm Museum. Yeah. That is a really neat place too, if you, if you get the chance. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, a shuttle would be great, and yeah. the mayor is working on it. Good. Ideally, the first stop would be you know, or they park their cars here in our parking lot. So they're kind yeah. Of, yeah, and then well, they you got yeah, <laughs> we have more parking than all the other ones. So, um, yeah, it's and we do uh, weddings here, and, and and people have we hosted a the Colored School Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to preserving the mm-hmm. Happy Grace's Colored Consolidated School, the colored school in town. Uh, they actually had an event here on our grounds in August, a wine and jazz festival, and it was Whoa. a huge hit, huge hit. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know they, they they made a lot of money. We got a lot of exposure, uh, so it was a, it was a win win. Just another example of people working know, together. People working together. Yep. yep. And yeah. Again, that's key. actually I did come down here for something. I can't remember what it was. It was years ago, but it was right at, right out front on the grounds, mm-hmm. some type of event. And I can't remember what it was. Well, we have. It was a long time ago. Though. We've got a great. We have seven or eight acres out there, riverfront, beautiful views. Parking galore. Sorry, Tyler, it sounds like you're trying to sell the place now. Come <laughs> on. It's not for sale. <laughs> well, lots of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, lots of possibilities. Yeah. Oh, there you go, people. Definitely get down here. Uh, you know, take a tour of Happy Grace, but st- start at the lock house. Or even finish at the yeah, lock house. Yeah, that's often people do. Yeah. They, yeah they're like, start just... and finish here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right, because you can park here and and you know, walk. Yeah, there's a, something called the Lafayette Trail, which yes. is Historic Preservation Commission put together, um, and we're the last, we're the first stop on the Lafayette Trail. It's a walking tour of historic homes in Happy Grace, um, and uh, but that's been helpful. We've had a lot of people come by and been like, "Hey, we were we're doing the, the Lafayette Trail," and that's awesome. Yeah, it's been very helpful. Well, again, I want to thank you for you know allowing us to come out. Um, and once again, if you want to be on the Harford County Living Podcast, just contact me, podcast at harfordcountyliving.com, uh, or you can call me at 443-982-0250. The candlelight tour, again, December yeah, 13th. December 13th. Um, Stay tuned for details. Yeah, the, when, and since you guys actually put it on the, as a Facebook event, yeah. yeah, I'll go ahead and have it on Harford County okay. Living as well. And, um Get the tickets quick because I have a funny feeling this is going to sell out. They, it does every year. So, yeah, so yeah. Um, you guys are going to have to increase it from five hundred to a thousand. Yeah, well, I tell yeah. that to the homeowners. Well, uh, yeah. Do you want a thousand people traipsing through your house? That's true. Maybe, <laughs> maybe two over two days. We'll see. So, Tyler, thanks a lot. Thank you so Appreciate much. Wow, good to see you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Did you know volunteering can be fun? Community service is for everyone. Young people, families, men, women. As a volunteer, you'll help your community and gain valuable skills. Network with others. Energize your life. Make an impact and have fun. Get in step with your community. Volunteer. Visit www.lionsclubs.org.